Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Behavioral Health 2.0. My name is Suki Norris, and today we're further exploring social determinants of health. In this second episode, we're going to look at social cohesion as it relates to the social determinants of health. The social determinants of health include five separate pillars. The first is social and community context, and that's the one we're dealing with right now. Within social and community context is social cohesion. A key element when we discuss the community context. We know that cohesion means sticking together or being together. So when we define social cohesion, we'll look at the presence or absence of bonds that constitute the very fabrics of nature. Bertrand Russell wrote the following, social cohesion is a a necessity and mankind has never yet succeeded in enforcing cohesion by merely rational arguments. Harry Truman said, all will concede that in order to have good neighbors, we must also be good neighbors. And that applies in every field of human endeavor. I think that I'm about to provide you very rational arguments as we further discuss social cohesion. So let's step back and look at a real more developed uh, definition. Social cohesion is an integral part of something we'll call social capital. So let's begin with that definition. We define social capital as the links and values and understandings in society that enable groups and individuals to trust each other and work together. The negative consequences of the lack of social capital include inner city gangs, unsafe streets, and crime. Within social capital, there is a concept of social and neighborhood cohesion. Social cohesion is a psychosocial process that creates a sense of emotional investment and attachment between two people. We'll see how that may may apply to family, to friends, to neighbors, and to an entire neighborhood. Because a neighborhood cohesion will expand that social cohesion to the entire community. It extends the individual process to the entire neighborhood with trust, mutual aid, and support. Remember, cohesion is the creation of a union. The value of that union is why it is a part of the social determinants of health. I want to just take a moment and think about social determinants of health as the goal. The goal is social cohesion. If we remember last week, the goal is connection, not loneliness. The idea is that the social determinants of health tell us what we need to create a healthy, with regard to physical health, and with regard to mental health community, which makes it pretty clear why social cohesion is a critical element. To be 
healthy and have good mental health and physical health, you need the neighbor the neighborhood cohesion and the individual or social cohesion to create the space to be that person to get those benefits. So for a minute or a few, we're going to look at some of the risks of the absence of social cohesion. These are risks that are going to show up through this whole discussion of social determinants of health, through every episode. In this one, we're going to see that lower social cohesion increases coronary heart disease. In one study, it, it reduced the, the risks of hypertension with greater social connection so, or cohesion. So you're going to see that obviously social cohesion can also increase the risks of hypertension. Low neighborhood so cohesion, social cohesion or neighborhood cohesion is associated with short sleeping duration, which has a negative impact on health. You wonder what those negative impacts if you're not getting enough sleep? Well, you can have memory issues, trouble thinking and concentrating, accidents, weakened immunity sy systems, risk of diabetes, high blood pressure, risk of heart disease, and poor balance. Sleep is critical. Why does social cohesion or the lack of social cohesion impact sleep? Because if you're fearful of your community surroundings, it is harder to close your eyes and go to sleep. Multiple studies have looked at also the relationship between low social cohesion and mental, illness, mental health. And the findings include, as you might expect, that low, low levels of social cohesion and high levels of negative stressors increase depressive system, symptoms, and over time, create greater levels of anxiety. The depressive systems, symptoms might be very well linked to the absence of connection, whereas the anxiety might be linked to the fear of your neighbor or your neighborhood. But if we just put all of those risks together, what we'll find is that the real risk is a risk of mortality that will increase as social cohesion lessens. So in order to understand this, we have to better understand the relationship that actually puts social cohesion in this place as it relates to these mental health problems and physical problems. Social cohesion is going to be the core element or a core element within a community that brings the community together to meet the needs of the community. Or as Helen Keller said, alone we can do so little. Together, we can do so much. Supportive family, friends, and neighborhood cohesion are all positively related to better health. But con conflict, whether it's family neighbor conflict or neighborhood conflict adversely affects health. The challenge to social cohesion 
relates really to the neighborhood. There is going to be a high level of social cohesion and relating to a perceived safety of the neighborhood. Safety is going to include walkability, access to healthy foods, and a reduction in fear of crime. So you can imagine social cohesion is most challenging in the most deprived neighborhoods that lack places to walk, places to get healthy foods, and have an increased fear of crime. To look at some of the specifics, each one unit lower in social cohesion is associated with a greater odds of trouble falling asleep. Think of it, think of this. There was a 13.1 decreased odds of smoking with a one point gain in social cohesion score. The odds of PTSD increased in neighborhoods with low social cohesion compared to neighborhoods with higher levels of social cohesion. And that's PTSD related to the neighborhood situations. The role of the neighborhood, as I've been saying, really does impact the ability to increase social cohesion. If you have high levels of safe, safety, you're gonna have higher perceptions of your own social cohesion. If there are neighborhood supports that support social cohesion, the advantages include sharing information, promoting behaviors like exercise, and deterring negative behavior in the neighborhood. And most importantly, a cohesive neighborhood can advocate for the change it needs. Simply, we're talking about going from a concrete surrounded neighborhood to a neighborhood that is surrounded by green space and trees. That's at least the start. So we're also gonna think about what can we do. About 10 years ago, a program was undertaken in Hong Kong called Learning Families Project. The goal of this was to create social cohesion. It the pro program or the project include family-focused and community-focused activities. They used posters and leaflets and a banner to gain interest in the kickoff program. They relied on multiple means of spreading the word, including having portable information counters that could move from area to area, and even door-to-door -door canvassing. And then programs followed that taught trust and taught neighborhood cohesion, the value of it, how to get there. It increased cohesion and it decreased the sense of lack of safety in the neighborhood. Such a program is really nice in theory, but hard to undertake because it requires a length of time trainers requires a fair amount of capital, be it monetary, social, or otherwise. Another program involved a social networking application called Time for Wellness. Now this, this was 
The idea from this program was to leverage social cohesion, to raise it. So the start of it was for participants to enroll in something called the next door platform. They would join a group of their neighbors to establish just a basic co connection and cohesion. Then the application given to all the neighbors had ideas on improving health and wellness. The program's goal was to increase social cohesion and improve women's health practices in low-income neighborhoods. To further address social cohesion, as I said before, adding green spaces to neighborhoods surrounded by concrete, community engagement strategies in disadvantaged areas must include social cohesion in their strategy. Such a strategy is critical as we consider addressing mental and physical health wellness. Think in terms of COVID-19. Social cohesion is a way to share health information effectively. It's a way to share vaccination information. It's a way to share safety information. It's a way to provide a neighborhood where there's trust and a willingness to support each other, the ability to stay safe and healthy in the, in the face of a, of a COVID epidemic. If you don't believe me, a recent study found that each statistical increase in social coherence was associated with the greater likelihood of getting a flu shot. If ever there was a balancing or a proof, wouldn't that be it? My neighbors tell me all about this flu shot and I go get my flu shot. Think about neighbors speaking about the COVID-19 vaccine and what that could do in the neighborhood. I've talked a lot about the increase in one level of social cohesion having an overall positive effect. And it would be reasonable to wonder, how do we get to, what are those, how do we even determine that there's been a one-point increase in social cohesion? Well, there are assessments that really do look at a neighbor, a person's connection to their community, to their neighborhood. And questions are such as this. People can depend on each other in this community. Living in this community gives me a secure feeling. If you think about what I've talked about, I can depend on you. I can get information from you. I can feel trust with you. I have a sense of security. I'm going to be able to sleep. People here know they can get help from the community if they're in trouble. Well, that's what a neighborhood is, a place to get safety information where you can depend on each other to find the right route for health, for safety, for exercise. Now, the next two questions have an, are, in, are in the negative, which many, as many of you know, studies will do. The first is, this is not a very good community to bring children up in. Parents want safety 
more for their kids than even for themselves. The concept of a community being safe for children is of critical importance. There is a feeling in this community that people should not get too friendly with each other. A community where social cohesion is undermined by the very nature of the community. And then the final question. If I had an emergency, even people I do not know in this community would be willing to help. Wouldn't that be the most important concept of trust? In, a, in an emergency, I have someone to go to. Now, of course, when scoring this, you have to reverse the score for items four and five. But these questions are few and simple. But what the answers will tell you is your client's level of social cohesion. And knowing that is one of the first steps to being able to address that with your, your client. So some last thoughts. You know, I know that there may not be one correct answer to addressing social cohesion, but my confidence is that there is no correct answer in inaction. We have to understand that better physical and mental health links to social cohesion might even be driven on one level by social cohesion. And we have to address those areas in this country that don't support social cohesion, where a person does not believe in the event of an emergency, they can rely on their neighbors, where a person can't sleep and suffers from the problems of lack of sleep. The social determinants of health, in taken in totality, are going to define how each of those areas impact physical and mental health. It demands a commitment to build up the pieces, to create connections, to support cohesion. In the absence of us doing that, we will never reach the goal of our best good physical health and our best good mental health. It is a goal that not only I should reach and you should reach, but everyone should have the ability to reach that on their own with the support of strangers and friends and a community. Thank you very much. My name is Suki Norris. Thank you for joining Behavioral Health 2.0. Join me next time when my topic is the value of civic participation.